Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. The name Jonah has entered into the English language as a proverb. To be a Jonah is a negative term. But Jonah was a real biblical character. Jesus himself spoke of him. Today we will discover that Jonah was a restless prophet. What can we learn from his story? Have your Bible handy as we find out. Well, on our panel today, we have Pastor John Cosmire and John Malkovich. Welcome to the two Johns. And Thank you. With your permission, I'll call you Pastor John and Brother John. Are you happy with that? Oh, I'm very happy with oh, that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, before we begin our study and discussion, let us take time to pray. Our loving Father in heaven, once again, we come to you because we acknowledge that spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And so we pray that you will give us your Holy Spirit as we talk together today. May the listeners, the viewers also be blessed, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, most people have heard about Jonah and the whale, although actually it wasn't a whale. The Bible just says it was a big fish that, uh, that swallowed Jonah. Right. Um, so the, the whale sort of story has become a bit of a tradition. But, but, but Brother John... Who was this character called Jonah? Well, we know that, that Jonah was a mouthpiece of God. He was a prophet. But the Bible doesn't give too much detail. But if we turn to Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1, we'll hear, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai. Um, that was his father. And it's interesting because um, in, if you read in 2 Kings chapter 14, 25, we'll find out who Amittai was. So if you just come with me to... Second uh, Kings chapter 14 and verse 25, the Bible says he restored the coast of Israel from entering of Hamath unto the sea of the plain, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spake by the hand of his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, which was of Gaither. Now, it's interesting there that this is the only, the only, only other place that mentions Jonah mm. and his father Amittai in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament yeah. and, and he was of Gaither and you know Gaither was part of the tribe of Zebulun in the northern part of the, of the kingdom and he, he was there close to Assyria and Syria so he would have been familiar with what these Assyrians the Ninevites were like and so we can see from that story that um, Jonah in those cases was obedient to God when there was the kings of uh, king of Amaziah of Judah and um, Jeroboam king of Israel mm -hmm. so he was there in the time when these things were going on but also it's interesting to note that um, Jonah was also followed after two other prophets and that was Elijah and Elisha so that's the sequence and that's what the information we have about him okay okay um, well, when we read this, the, the book about Jonah, we see that he was a reluctant missionary. Um, I'd like to look at verse 2 of Jonah chapter 1. 
because here it says, uh, the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Um, Pastor John, how did Jonah respond to this commission? (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Clive, we've got to remember that this quarter's lesson is about resting in Christ. Mm. Look at what Jonah did in verse 3. But Jonah, he arose to flee to Tarshish. Now, Tarshish is as far west as what Nineveh was up north and to the east. Mm. He was going to go by water instead of walking by land. From the pres- he left the presence of the Lord. Not a good idea. He went down to Joppa, found a ship, going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from, from the presence of the Lord. Mm. So he was a runaway man. Mm. He, he was virtually a runaway slave. And this is where it's the exact opposite to what this quarter's lesson is about. And that is finding rest in Christ. You will not find rest in Christ by running away. Fleeing from true. the presence of the Lord. Yes. That's right. And, and so, you know, David had learnt, King David had learnt this. And he said in Psalm 16 and verse 11, you will show me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. By running away from God, we don't obtain joy. And your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so (laughs) poor Jonah, he was heading for trouble big time. Mm. So, Brother John, did Jonah have cause for this reluctance to go to Nineveh? Well, I think he might have had cause. And I think if we knew the people that we were going to go and give a message to, and it wasn't a very good message at at that, um, I would think you may be a little bit reluctant. The Assyrians were a cruel conquering nation in the eighth, um, around the 8th century BC. They were known by the release of kings that had been made that this, these people were very cruel. In fact, those that were conquered, he did some very terrible things to. He put them into slavery and it wasn't... Thousands of them lost their lives. Mm. So, you know, Jonah's going to be going to that place to tell these people, well, you, you would want to be very sure that, you, you know, what you were going to say wasn't going to upset them because you knew what they were capable of doing. And I'm sure he said, anywhere but there, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Pastor John, uh, have you ever, have you ever, this is, might be a tricky question, but have you ever had a, a, a call to go and serve somewhere and you've, you know, wondered about the call? Or? Well, when God called me to the ministry, that was a call where I said, Lord, why me? And then when you get sent to different places, you wonder. And uh, we were in the Sydney area and I had a father who was very ill and, my, and he lived in this area too. And then my wife had a father who was up in Queensland who was also critically ill and they sent us to go to Western Australia. Hmm. And so you you wonder why you were called to that place Hmm. and um, so that you won't get hung in suspense. We decided not to accept that call 
and both of our fathers died that year. Otherwise, we would have been travelling over the desert backwards and forwards. And so sometimes you say no. Mm-hmm. But at other times you say yes, wondering why you were called. And then you look back and say, wow, you know, we're very glad that we accepted that call. Mm. Mm. Uh, and so God doesn't force us to do what we are called to do, except in very odd cases like it is in Jonah, mm. as we'll find out in a minute. Yeah. So, so God wasn't, he wasn't giving up on Jonah, was he? He, was, uh, you know, he pursued Jonah by sending a storm to the ship that he'd boarded. And Pastor John, another question for you. What, what was... What was Jonah's solution to this? You know, here he is, he's trying to flee and he's in the ship. (laughs) What does God do? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the book of Jonah, there are nine miracles recorded. And eight of them are for Jonah. Is that right? And one of them only is for Nineveh. So who was God trying to save And when you read it here, verse four, but the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. This is miracle number one. And it didn't make Jonah very comfortable because he was a very bad sailor. He was the exact opposite to Noah. Noah was a good sailor and a poor preacher. Whereas Jonah is a very poor sailor. Here he is in the bottom of the sea and the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. And so... You know, God sometimes lets us know, hey, there, there's a, a work here that I need done. You can't run away from God. But uh, verse 12 of chapter 1, Jonah says to the, the sailors, pick me up and throw me into the sea. And then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Mm. Verse, verse 15, so they picked up Jonah and they tossed him into the sea. Wow. And another miracle takes place. Now, Jonah was saved and the sailors were stuck because they depended upon wind and the wind had stopped. So Jonah is a very, it it has an element of, of real humor in it, but the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Mm. And, and so on the way through, Jonah couldn't help but save people. Here he saved a whole ship full of crew. Mm. It's interesting when you look at the next verse, verse 17, it says that the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Mm. Uh, so, Brother John, what was, what was God's agenda for the runaway prophet. Well, you know, up until this time, Jonah was making the events take place. He was involved in deciding what he was going to do. But here God changes the situation because he prepares a great fish. And um, God gave him three days in that fish to rest. Clive, that's that's what he was doing. Time to think who's in charge and what I want to do. He wanted Jonah still to go to Nineveh. And if we open the Bible to chapter 2 and verses 1 to 9, we read this, this from the Word of God. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. 
and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou canst, that for thou hadst cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward the holy temple. The waters compassed me and even to the, even to the soul. The depth closed me around about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. Can you imagine that being in that, in that uh, mm. belly of that fish? I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth and her bars were about me forever. Yet thou hast brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. There's that holy temple again. Mm. That they observe lying vanities. For, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. See, when you get into a situation, the best avenue that we have is to turn to God, call out in prayer, because God hears no matter whether in the, we're in the depths of the ocean or in the, in the belly of the whale or the fish, mm. the great fish. Yeah. And sensing the next verse there, verse 10 of chapter 2, so mm. the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Uh, Pastor John, what does this tell us about God? What are these characteristics? Well, it tells us that God still loved Jonah for all of his running away. And, and we're talking about resting in Christ. If we don't rest in Christ, then Christ gets no rest neither. Mm. And so here God had to go through all this and, and he just kept on with, with Jonah, loving him, looking after him. And Jonah was saved by grace, really. But it also reveals a persevering God because <laughs> we find the word of the Lord, chapter 3, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Even the Bible emphasizes the fact if you don't answer God the first time, God will come back. Mm -hmm. And he persevered. He said, Jonah, Nineveh is still there. You are still needed. Go. It's no wonder that Jonah went. He didn't want another ride in a submarine. No, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, so Brother John, does, does, um, does life sometimes take us on detours of our own choosing? Yeah. Yes, most assuredly. And I'm sure the viewers and the listeners out there would agree with that. But, you know, it's a humbling experience to confess that you made a mistake. God was right. And that's something that uh, Jonah would say. And God wants, he doesn't want anything bad for us. So I'd like you to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. And this is what we read. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. That's, that's a wonderful thought, isn't it? And Jonah really need to understand that because it's not his purpose that anyone should suffer. He wants to save us all. So, so, Brother John, this city of Nineveh, how did it compare with the towns and the cities that, that Jonah would have known in, in Israel? Well, it tells us in the Bible that uh, in Jonah chapter 3 and verse 3, if you'd like to come there with me, 
It says, so Jonah arose and went in unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. I like that. He's finally realized he's got to go now. Uh, now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. Well, the three days journey, you know, in some footnote is not, we don't know the exact meaning of that, but I could understand it was a big place because in verse two, it says that great city. So it would have been well known. In actual fact, um, it covered an area of about 700 hectares, which is about what, 30, 1800 acres. That's not a small place. Mm. And as we read further on in the Bible, in, the, in Jonah, we found that there was about 120,000 inhabitants there. So it was no small place by any means. Nineveh was a big place. Okay, so, so moving along in the story, now, Pastor John, uh, uh, Jonah didn't mince his words when he, when he brought the message, did he? He said that God is going to destroy the city in 40 days mm-hmm. if you don't repent. And that, that basically was his message, although Nineveh, having had as its major god a fish symbol, I'm sure that he would have told the story, I've come here inside a fish and then he, he told them, he said listen to God because this place is going to be destroyed mm. he was continually calling them whenever a prophet went out it was to call people to repentance, to be obedient and to follow God Yeah, he was so successful that when you read verse 6 to 9 the word came to the king of Nineveh he arose from his throne laid aside his robe covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And then he proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh. And so Jonah was no longer on his own now. He actually had the king as an assistant in preaching the message that this city was going to be destroyed unless they repented. And the king sitting there in repentance gave an example to the rest. And this is where it's good for leaders to know that they can be of tremendous help to God in get bringing the people back mm. to God. Yeah. So um, it calls the people to repent. And uh, so John, Pastor John, what does it, what does this it mean to actually repent? The book of Acts makes it very clear that when you are conscious smitten, then you repent. You confess what you've done and say, God, I'm sorry. You try and make reconciliation for what you have done. Mm. And then you start following God's way instead of your own. Yeah. Um, Can you think of uh, an incident where that repentance came about? Uh, Like um, the Ninevites, they actually repented. Mm -hmm. Mm. And we'll learn that God saved that city. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think, for example, too, of like when Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, you know, the Holy Spirit convicted the people yeah. that he's listening to, and and they said, "What must we do to be saved?" So he says, "Repent mm. and be baptized." Yeah. Um, so certainly, you know, repentance was possible there, but you know, repentance, Pastor Clive, comes after a sense of guilt when we're made aware of what we've done wrong that's when we're more apt to repent. And that's what happened with Nineveh. The people realised what they were done and so they turned and repented. Yeah, so, uh, so Brother John, uh, 
what was happening with the, the repentance of the Ninevites there in the story? What was happening with them? Yeah. They, they, they realised and they turned back to God and God accepted them. They actually put on, you know, the king even put sackcloth and, and sat in ashes mm. and all those things, realising that it was true what uh, that um, Noah, uh, sorry, Jonah was telling them. And so that's, that's one of the important yeah. things. And publishing a decree seems to have been a very uh, Near Eastern kind of tradition with rulers, didn't it? It did. You know. And they listened to their rulers, by yeah. the way. Yeah, we, know, we see that with Nebuchadnezzar, for example, you know, publishing a decree and so on to worship the true God. Uh, was Jonah happy with the uh, success of uh, his mission to Nineveh, uh, uh, Brother John? <laughs> ah, well, if we come back, if we come to Jonah... And we'll see there, it's a very interesting, I think it's Jonah chapter 4, and we can see that he was definitely not happy because he kind of figured that these, these people really deserve what God was going to do to them. But the Bible says there in, in chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, but it pleased Jonah, it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Well, I don't know whether that... Um, that <laughs> That was a reason for him. But he was, you know, he needed to learn that God is willing to save yeah. anyone and everyone who is willing to listen to him and to repent. OK, so so God said, I'm not going to destroy the city after all. No, nope. uh, you know, they've repented. Um, and uh, this was an act of grace again, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. On God's part. But uh, Jonah was a little bit disappointed, it seems. Can I, can I read on just verses 2 and 3 there in chapter 4? And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto, uh, before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest thee of evil. See, God loves us all. You know, no matter what we've done, no matter what these Ninevites had done, God still wants to save them. Mm. Um, I'd like just to have a look at a text in, uh, in uh, Luke chapter 9 and verses 51 to 56. Uh, it tells a story here about a Samaritan village that rejected Jesus as the Saviour. And uh, in verse 54, uh, James and John said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy mm -hmm. men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. So, so what can we take away from that story, Pastor John? Jonah made that very clear in chapter 4, verse 11, where God said, And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock. Our God is a God of love mm. and he came to save, not to destroy. That's why Jonah was sent to Nineveh mm. and the only person that wasn't convinced mm. of that was Jonah himself. Yeah, now Jonah was a, a restless prophet, um, but his message was effective in changing the hearts of the people of Nineveh. Uh, Jonah seemed like an unlikely servant for God to use. Wouldn't you agree, Brother John? 
Yes, I agree, especially seeing he ran the opposite direction to where God was telling him to go. But let me share a quote from the book of Prophets and Kings. It's a, it's a very good book, pages 272 to 273. This is what it said about Jonah. Jonah, confused, humiliated, and unable to understand God's purpose in sparing Nineveh, Jonah nevertheless had fulfilled the commission given him to warn the great city. And though the event did not come to pass, yet the message of warning was nonetheless from God. I'm glad that God is patient with me and he's loving and long-suffering. He, lives, he loves us despite ourselves. Mm. There's an interesting uh, text over in, in the little letter called Jude in the New Testament. Just um, if you're looking it up, uh, folks, it's just before the last book of the Bible, book of Revelation. Uh, Jude, we don't say Jude chapter one because there is only one chapter. So Jude verse um, 21, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Uh, how can we keep ourselves in the love of God? Pastor John? Verse 22 and 23 go on to say, and some have compassion making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments defiled by the flesh. And, and once we turn our lives around, then we find that we can help others to do the same. Mm. And, and we make sure that we keep ourselves in the state of what Jude said, and, and that is to become a blessing to others. Mm. And it's a way in which we can do what Jonah did. And that was not only to be saved ourselves, but also to, uh, to work for others as well. Yes. When, uh, when we look at Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 12 and uh, verse uh, 41, Jesus says, you know, well, Jonah was in the belly of the whale, the fish three days, three nights, he said. And, and Matthew chapter 12, 41, Jesus says, the men of Nineveh, will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. So, so Jesus himself was kind of like uh, a successor to Jonah in a That's way, right. wasn't he? Yes. He was also bringing, bringing a message of salvation, uh, continuing to labor to preach this gospel. Um, Brother John, what can we learn from Jonah and Jesus. Well, all the people, the cities of all the world, they are in need of a saviour savior too. And, and, and we all need to know about the true God, the one and only true God. And we need to know his character. The people of Nineveh needed to know that too. And that's, that's the message that Jesus gave in his day, the same message that we all need to know our God and give our lives to him. God has one purpose, and that's to save all mankind. Mm. Well, thank you very much, uh, Pastor John and Brother John. Good to have you with us today. You know, Jonah may have felt like a failure, but years later, Jesus would pay testimony to his preaching. The story of Jonah is good news for us today. God does not give up on us easily. He is long-suffering, patient and kind, abounding in mercy. Perhaps you are sensing that God has a work for you to do for him. You may not feel capable 
But remember, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Thank you for joining us on Let God Speak. Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us if you wish on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Until next time, God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.